Good evening. Continuing with our series, Formulas for a Better Life. When you go to the book of Proverbs, God's word comes alive with what's called wisdom. Wisdom is an easy definition, is looking at life from God's perspective. In other words, you know, remember the WWJD bracelets, what would Jesus do in this situation? That's what Proverbs is. What does God say we should do or what should we be becoming? So the third sermon in this series is take care of yourself. I'm going to show you what God says about you taking care of yourself, not only for health, but for spiritual guidance and spiritual benefit. As we look at the book of Proverbs chapter 4, verse 23 through 27. The Bible says, above all else, guard your heart, because out of it come the issues of life, or it's the wellspring of life. Secondly, put away perversity from your mouth. Keep corrupt talk far from your lips. Let your eyes look straight ahead. Fix your gaze directly before you. Make level paths for your feet, and take only ways that are firm. Do not swerve to the right or to the left and keep your feet from evil. So there's four areas that I know all of us, we have these components in our body that God has given to us. But they're not just to pump blood and to let us have vision. They're to help us get to where God wants us to be. And I'm going to show you some interesting things. So first, we're going to look at the value of wisdom in producing health. We have four areas that we want to concentrate on. Life without health is scarcely worth living. So these principles not only give life to the soul, but they also supply the nutriment and stimulate the activities that ensure health, health of all kinds. The first one is to guard your heart. We see that for where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. Why would God give us a heart and tell us to guard it? The heart is separate from the mind. That is the area of the soul. But the heart, it has a lot to do with your values. It has a lot to do with your motives. You may do something nice for someone, but God knows your heart. God, God knows if you're just doing it so you can pick up on that girl and go out on a date. But even though you're helping her with her food and stuff like that, so guard your heart. Secondly, Secondly, he says, put away perversity from your mouth. He's talking about your tongue. When the Bible uses the word tongue, it's talking about the words that you say. In Matthew 12, 34, for out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. If you look at your heart as a well and you look at your tongue as the bucket that goes into the well, so what comes out through the mouth is actually been residing in your heart. So when you do something, it's because the desire for that is already there. You don't become that thing because you did it. You don't become a drug addict because you took drugs. The desire is already there. And no one ever knows until your tongue speaks about it and lets it out. The next thing he says, let your eyes look straight ahead. Because in Ecclesiastes 1.8, listen to this. No matter how much we see, we're never satisfied. We got to see more. And no matter how much we hear, we're not content. 
How many of you have ever listened to a song over and over and over again? <laughs> How many of you have seen a movie more than once? All of us. The eye, I don't know why the eye isn't satisfied with seeing. Like, oh, I've seen that before. We want to see some more. We want to see more and more. That's why Disneyland makes so much money off us, because everything that they do to make it, oh, I've never seen that before. How many times have we seen fireworks and still go, ooh, ah, they're just fireworks. And then he says, make level paths for your feet. And Psalm 86, verse 11, he says, teach me your way, O Lord. I will walk in your truth. Unite my heart to fear your name. Do you know that what's in your heart will come out through your mouth? It may be hidden, but it, it's not hidden because once your mouth speaks about it, it's alive. It's taken on life. Do you know that whatever you look at, if you focus on it, you will become that thing? And do you know that your feet will only go where your eyes are looking? And if you don't agree with that, why do you have that bump on your head for walking into a pole? <laughs> well, because you were looking at her, guys, instead of looking where you should have gone. And then you were looking at her or him, ladies, and then you rear-ended the car in front of you. <laughs> That's what we're going to talk about tonight. Not where you drive or what you look at, but anyway. Say it with me. Guard your heart. Say it again. Don't guard someone else's heart, guard your heart. Now, you know your heart. I know my heart, I don't know your heart. No one else knows what's in your heart, just you and God. Here, the word heart means more than mental or emotional capacity. It also encompasses your values. Values determine what you do or what you shouldn't be doing because those are the values that you have. Like, for example, if your neighbor leaves his keys in his car, if we didn't have values, we'd get in the car and drive off with it. But it's not my car. And because I was raised with values and I believe in God's word and so do you, we don't touch that. We'll tell the neighbor your keys are in your car. Who's understanding me? Okay, okay, good, good, good. So values are so important because they guide our decisions and values control our actions. Your values are the things that you believe are important in the way you live and the way you work. So if you steal from your job, it's because you don't have the values where you value another's property. And you can see how all this fits in. So values should determine your priorities. And deep down, they're probably the measures you use to tell if your life is turning out the way you want it to. So... For us, if our life didn't turn out at a certain age the way we wanted it to, the problem was in here all along. When the things that you do and the way you behave match your godly values, life is usually good. You're satisfied and you're content. But when these things in here don't align with your personal Christian values, that's when things feel wrong. And this can be a real source of unhappiness. This is why making a conscious effort to identify the affections in your heart are so important. I've said before, there's one verse I don't like to say because I know my heart is not where it should be, but it's getting there. That verse says, search my heart, O God, and show me if there be any wickedness in me. 
How many of you know if God searches your heart, <laughs> how many of you know he's going to find things? <laughs> Thank you for you two in the front to raise your hand. The, the rest of the church, oh, Lord. When you want something that God cannot bless or that he has not given to you, you will do things to enable you to get what you want, even if it belongs to someone else. I have told you so many times, do not I meant to say never. Do not ever or do not take what God has not given to you. So that woman's married. She has a husband. Yeah, but she keeps looking at me and winking. It's not my fault. Well, whose fault do you think it is? Your dogs? If God hasn't given it to you, don't take it. Who heard me? All right, now watch this. And if God gives it to you, no one can take it from you. It's yours. Your decisions then can be based on greed for money, based on lust for sex, and based on envy for material possessions. This, the antidote for all of this is to love Jesus. Love Jesus with all your whole heart and give him the desires of your heart. The Bible says that if you love the Lord, if you pray to him, if you seek him, he will give you the desires of your heart. Some people think that is, well, whatever I got in my heart, he's going to give to me. No, he'll give you right desires. Because we weren't meant to be embarrassed. But when we do things that we shouldn't do and we get caught, we're embarrassed. We're embarrassed. And so the problem is my heart. You can't blame my dad, my mom, my friends, it's you. It's your heart. Guard it. Protect it. That doesn't need to go in there. And the devil is not going to stop trying to put things in there. I can be laying down in bed and go, good Lord, where did that come from? And I know it's him. So I say, Lord, I don't want that thought in my heart. Take no thought. Take no thought for tomorrow what I shall eat, drink, or but don't take that thought. If you don't want it, don't take it. Who heard me? Amen. Give God a hand of praise. <laughs> Secondly, he says, put away perversity from your mouth. And I like to ask this question because this helps me identify if you're listening. How many have a mouth? Good, okay. <laughs> In Luke 6.45, the Bible says that a good person produces good deeds from a good heart. That's very clear. But an evil man produces evil deeds from his hidden wickedness. Whatever is in the heart overflows into speech. You take an engineer. He has an idea. It doesn't become an actual thing until he puts it on paper and draws it. Then from there, that drawing goes to the, the people that make things and manufacture the product that he sees in here. Well, when you have a thought, it doesn't take life until you share that thought with someone else, until you share that thought with someone who's not really helping you guard, guard your heart. What you are saying is not perverse. What you do is not perverse. Who you are is what is perverse. What you're saying is not perverse. What you do is not perverse, but who you are, because God looks at our heart. The problem is you speak and act like you do because your heart is wicked. Speech 
and actions, they're just indications of who you really are. Your speech and your actions are just indications. Surface problems are expressed by visible actions. So when they take a person that's an alcoholic and say, well, you need to stop drinking. That's just taking care of the surface problem. Surface problems are visible to everybody. It's on the surface. But surface causes are expressed in our attitudes. So from a, a problem to the cause, then when a person uses profanity, it's because they have fear. Profanity is the action. Fear is the attitude. Disinterest is evidence of envy and jealousy. I'm going to show you tonight, a little bit later on in this sermon, how the body that God gave us is designed in such a way that it won't let you lie. You know when you're lying, when you're not telling the truth, you tend to look to your left a lot. I mean, you're right. Were you there last night? No, no. I mean, whatever gives you that idea. It's like the woman in counseling in my office. I go, are you telling me the truth? She goes, yes. I go, would you explain all those Kleenex you tore up that are at your feet right now? Well, no, I've never done that. I would never do that. Are you angry? What makes you think I'm angry? Look at your fist. Look at your eyebrows. Are you afraid? Look at your eyes. The body will not let you lie. The body will not let you have fear because God has not given us the spirit of, spirit of fear, but a power of love and of a sound mind. Give our God a hand of praise. And Jesus, he condemned the Pharisees as a brood of vipers who could never say anything good because their hearts were evil. People are responsible for all their actions. They're responsible for all their words, which will acquit or condemn them on the day of judgment. But God, even though Matthew 12, 36 says that you and I will give account for every idle word, God knows where the problem was. We were supposed to guard our heart. Don't let things get in there that God has not put in there or that we'd be ashamed to show God. Matthew 12, that's what I just quoted. But I tell you that men will have to give an account on the day of judgment for every careless word they have spoken. For by your words, you will be acquitted. And by your words, you will be condemned. The third thing God says is to let your eyes look straight ahead. Let them look where at the direction you want to go. The eyes, I'm going to use two Latin words, simplex and duplex. How many know what a duplex is? What's a duplex? A house, what kind of house? Two houses, two. Duplex, duplicity. Duplex is two. Simplex is one. I do this to people. I tell them, look at both my fingers. But your eyes will only let you focus on one. If you try to see both my fingers, you're going to go cross-eyed. You cannot look at the Word of God and then look at the world at the same time because you're going to be confused. You're meant to look straight ahead. You're meant to look where you want to go. In Ecclesiastes 1.8, the Bible says this, 
No matter how much we see, we're never satisfied. How much we hear, we're not content. And isn't that interesting about us? Tell me again you love me. I already told you four times I got to go to work. I know, but before you go, tell me again you love me. <laughs> Psalm 94.9 says, listen to this. Does he who put the ear on your head, doesn't he hear? Does he who put the eyes in your head, who formed the eyes, doesn't he see? God sees what you're looking at. God hears what you're listening to. And God knows the thoughts and intentions of your heart. God hears what you're listening to. God sees what you're looking at. Well, where do you think your eyes came from? And people say, well, I don't believe in God. Well, then go take your eyes out because he gave you those eyes. When a person who has been deaf all their life and then they are able to hear for the first time, you think we live in an information society now with, with, with all of this. And all the information and the images that are bombarding you every single day, do I really want to look at that? Because where's it going to take me? The things that I'm hearing with... If you go to get a song on Spotify or um, on Apple Music or Amazon, it says explicit. That means it's got dirty language in it. What you keep listening to with your rap music and what you're letting get in you, it's corrupting your heart. It is necessary to look in the direction that you want to go. Who understands that? Okay. The I is the gate to the soul. What you focus on, you become. The more you look at something, the more your heart desires it. The eye, Jesus said, is the lamp to the soul. If the eye is simplex, it is full of light. If it is duplex, it is full of darkness. Because Jesus said, no man can serve two masters. He will love one and hate the other. He will serve one and despise the other. Give God a hand of praise for his word. So you're able to see if you've got duplicity in your eyes, you can't look at two things at one time. Even when you're looking at a person speaking to you, you're focusing on one eye. You can't look at both eyes. And some of you, I know, you're going to go try it tonight. They're going to go, what's wrong, with, <laughs> what's wrong with you? You cannot focus on two things at one time. If you do, your eye will show darkness or evil in your soul. So the eyes must not swerve, looking either to the right or to the left. Looking to the right or the left is known as this, being distracted. And guess who wants to have you distracted? Satan. You're sitting down to read the word of God and he puts a thought in your mind. He distracts you or something over there. And pretty soon you take your eyes off what you were doing. I don't want you to be distracted. I want you to know where you're going and what you're going to do when you get there. Because if I have to ask you this question, 
how did you wind up here? What, what were you thinking? I wasn't. Well, how did you get here? It's because I took my eyes off of God. I started to look at something else that God, I knew wouldn't bless it, but I, my heart desired it. Distractions are a tool of the devil to keep you from getting where God wants you to be. For the eye is attracted to stimuli. I know that we live in this information age, and I know that we are on our phones and on our iPads a lot. I'm just saying to you, because you're intelligent enough, I believe you are, be careful what you look at, or do you really need to see that? It's designed, it's not designed to get you to follow God. How many have at least found that out looking at the internet? It's not to get you to follow God, it's to get you distracted, to go where you shouldn't go. And how quickly, as we look at something, with, you know, pornography is a $300 billion enterprise, and they are the ones that finance the internet. Because with pornography, if you see that picture and you tap on it, you can't get out because when you tap on it, it opens another picture, and you tap on that one, it opens three more. And it just takes you in that direction. Before you know it, your wife walks in and goes, what are you looking at? And you go, I, I was trying to get out of it. Honest, honest. I didn't want to look at that. But you see how your whole body gets involved in something? I started to just look at it. I was curious. I was distracted. I ask myself a lot. Like, I, I read uh, Google in the morning, what's happened in our area or in the world. And then... I don't read the whole story because I, what am I gonna do with that information? I really don't need it. We've got so much information coming into our brain. What are you gonna do with all that? It's better to have God's word in your heart so that you're able to help yourself and be a blessing to others. Come on. Last, he says, make Le level paths for your feet. Watch how we tie all this in. What your heart desires, your mouth will speak into existence. I explained that. Your eyes will seek out and your feet will take you in that direction. You cannot walk in this way while you're looking that way. You cannot look this way and walk that way. You can't. How many know that? Okay. <laughs> so... Ask yourself, I do this. If I do this, where's it gonna, where am I going to wind up? Where's it going to take me? Is that where I want to be? How am I going to explain that? I don't like explaining things that others know are obvious. Like, what are you doing? What were you thinking? Why are, what are you doing here? How am I going to explain it? I mean, you have a heart, you have eyes, you have a tongue, and you have feet. What kind of a body... Or is your body against you or is your body for you? The entire body agrees with itself. It cannot function apart from all the other bodily members. This is how God designed us. You can only walk in the direction that you're looking. But already, your heart desires something, so you're going in that direction. And then your eyes have been distracted now. And so your feet are taking you in that direction and you're talking about it more and more and more. You know what, man? You know what, bro? I can't get her out of my mind. Really, bro? Really? We are being warned. 
Watch your step. Stay on the path. You must take care that every step conforms with that way, the one that God has designed for us, because one false step can prove fatal. I'm going to take that out of my sermon because I thought somebody, one person would at least said amen, so nobody said that. So I'm going to take it out. You must take care that every step conforms with that way, the one that God has designed for us, for one false step could prove fatal. And you must take care that every step conforms to the way that God has designed for us, for one false step could prove fatal. Okay, see, now you're responding. I, I have that interaction, not for my benefit, but for yours. Because some of you are at Macy's or Nordstrom's right now. Some of you are at Taco Bell. Your mind just wanders. I know it happens. We can be up here giving a sermon and you're thinking of somebody, something else. Because you have an imagination. You can actually be in Hawaii right now while you're sitting in the sanctuary and it's raining outside. Because you imagine yourself there. That helps somebody, not everyone. Your foot calls attention to every step taken in the road of life. You and I must be firm in our commitment to the steps we take, the directions we choose, the decisions we make. If you're going to make a decision, here's the wisdom, include the Lord in your choices. Then your ways will be firm and straight and you will arrive at your desired goal and destination instead of coming and say, oh, go ahead. Instead of coming and say, help me, because I don't know how I wound up here. Yes, you do. You've been thinking about it for weeks, for months. It came out of your heart. You spoke it into existence. Your eyes looked in that direction, and you desired something that God had not given to you, and then your feet took you over there. Who's in control of your body? Isn't it you? So if we looked at this with just negative data to make a decision, what about the positive data? What about the person who prays, who seeks the Lord, who sets her affections on things above, not on things on the earth, and whom the devil cannot interfere with? Because they are men and women of wisdom. They know who they are. They know where they came from, and they know where they're going. And they know that what they once were, they're no longer anymore, but neither are they what God is going to make them. Come on, church. It's not, it is not that difficult. It just means you begin to focus on the things that God has given to you. Because he made you, he knows where he wants you to be, and he knows what you're capable of. So when someone says to you, you can't do that, I don't have to listen to you. I listened to God. God never told me I was slow. God never told me I was dumb. God never told me I was weak. Greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. I'm able to do a lot of things, and so are you. Come on, give my hand a praise. God never called you a loser. I will not call you a loser. You are not a loser, you are a winner. You are more than a conqueror through Jesus Christ who strengthens us. Give him another hand of praise. 
And you realize that not everyone likes you, but you don't have to listen to them. You know what? I don't like you. You know what? I don't care. Because God says, I love you. God loves me. And God loves you. God's love for us is not contingent on what we've done or what we haven't done. His love is permanent. His love is strong. His love will overcome everything. We're the ones who don't want to accept his love. Well, you know, the Bible this. You don't know anything about the Bible yet. What are you talking about? What did Paul the Apostle say? I only desire one thing between you and I, and that is Jesus Christ and him crucified, because if you get that straight, everything else will be straight. Come on, church, give me a hand of praise. Now, you have often heard the question, how did you wind up here? How did you wind up in this situation? Does anyone know what I'm talking about? Five of you. All the liars can go, okay, now that those are raised. <laughs> Let me try this again. You've often heard the phrase or the question, how did you wind up here? How did you wind up in this situation? How many know what I'm talking about? All of us do. And what do we do? Well, well you, know, you know, bro, let me run it down to you. See, bottom line is neither here nor there. But at the end of the day, you know what I'm saying? No, I don't know what you're saying. You haven't said anything yet. Because I don't know what to say. I'm stuttering. We traveled on paths that we're not familiar with. We chose to go ahead without direction from the Holy Spirit of God. And who's laughing at me? Satan. Satan. Psalm 43, verse 3, <clears throat> send forth your light and your truth. Let them guide me. Let them bring me to your holy mountain, to the place where you dwell. Proverbs 4:11. I guide you in the way of wisdom, and I lead you along straight paths. Hear me on this, church. Hear your pastor. It's not necessary for you to struggle. You don't have to struggle. You're a creation of God and you're a child of God. You don't have to scheme to make it to the top. You don't have to give up because somebody else got promoted. You do not need to struggle. You don't need to be lost and you don't ever need to be confused. There are obstacles on this path of life. Wise up. That's life. There are obstacles. However, the Holy Spirit is waiting for you to ask for wisdom. He's waiting for you to ask for direction. He will help you get exactly where God wanted you to be in the first place. Why are you struggling? Why are you waiting so long? The worship team is going to come up with Pastor Jeremy and Tommy and Janine, and they're gonna play us some Christian music. While they're playing that, if you sense in your heart even if you're way in the back, it's only a few steps to get up to the front. If you sense in your heart, God spoke to me tonight and God lets me know that he already knows that what I'm doing is not what he wants for me to do. And I don't wanna wind up where I don't need to be because I don't wanna be embarrassed. But if you sense I need to come up to the front not to tell me what you've done, but to tell him and to ask him, come into my heart and guide me. So while they play this music, you respond to the altar call.
Heavenly Father, these are your children. This is your family, Lord. They love you and you love them. Fill them not only with your Holy Spirit, but fill them with your joy. Answer their prayers. Cause them to have peace in their home and in their lives. Bless their finances. I put these blessings on you because God loves you so very much. Never let it be said that you are not a child of God. You are God's child, and so am I. And I'll tell you something. We are going to go to heaven together. Give God a hand of praise. We're going home together. So I put God's blessing upon you. I put God's anointing upon you. I pray that your heart will be filled with joy and that for whatever reason you're up here, it's none of my business, just never bring it up again. Put it where it says no fishing and God will guard the lake. So no one can go over there and bring it up. And if everyone or anyone brings it up again, just say, I don't know what you're talking about. He's your optometrist. He's your cardiologist. He's your podiatrist. He takes care of your eyes, your heart, your feet, and he'll get you to where you want to be. I love you. Good night. And God bless you, church.